Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. So today uh, we have uh, Melanie Boylan with us, who has been a, a long time collaborator and contributor uh, to Irish Tech News, uh, but has also been having her own interesting journey. Um, so I thought it'd be good to have her in and actually talk about how it's been going for her. So first, uh, hi, Melanie. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Simon. Yeah. And I mean, Melanie, if you don't know, has been doing some really interesting podcasts uh, with a whole range of people from aeronautics to social media to whatever we throw at her. <laughs> so <laughs> for, for people who don't know you, uh, like what's the day job? What, what do you do? I'm a social media trainer um, as my full time role, and you know it's been my passion since 2013. Uh huh. And um, I, I got a sense that um, 2020 has been a challenging year, but, but you've kind of pivoted what you do, and, you, and and like it hasn't been quiet for you, has it? Well, it's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster, um, along with everybody else. Um, just like everybody else in March. I was slammed, um, stuck at home, dealing with some very distraught kids as well. Um, mm. But when I started to return to work, uh, what I do was being given away for free by the local enterprise office. So <laughs> it was a bit hard to, you know, compete with that. Yeah. So so I had to pivot my message, um, absolutely. And, I mean, I've always done, uh, you know, digital marketing strategies, but I wanted to sort of, encourage people to learn how to do it themselves because um, training has always been my my buzz I suppose so I now do a something called a supported digital marketing strategy training I really need to shorten that okay okay so <laughs> like you say you had to pivot because because your competitor so to speak was giving it away for free so yeah. so, so so what was the pivot and what was the positioning for you to enable you to to remain you know in business well what was really helpful at the time is trading online vouchers were being handed out um, very, very freely. And, you know, as part of that, uh, you know, voucher system, you could also get a digital marketing strategy. And um, my ethos has always been to empower the business owner to do things for themselves rather than just take it off them, do it for them. So when... I've always done digital marketing and I've also done it for other people, but I thought, well, this is the time to show people how to do it for themselves. So this is when I pivoted and I changed my message. I mean, I'm still doing training, but I'm training them how to do their strategy rather than just how to use platforms. Okay. So, um, Look, I mean, th this was definitely the year to push people to be more digital facing, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes screaming and kicking. Um, so, so someone comes along to you, how, how, how do you help them to assess which is the best platform? Because, you know, some people will push back and go, oh, I, I don't know where to be. Am I Instagram? Am I Twitter? You know, do, do you dive into that with them? And how do you get them to work out the right fit for them? Yes, that's exactly what I do, Simon. I'm, so I go through initially what their, their marketing message is, who their audience or their intended audience is going to be. But you know, sometimes who they guess their audience is going to be isn't actually who they've attracted. And that's mm -hmm. down to what they've been actually putting out at the time. So I help them go through a deep dive of their analytics, um, but, um, all the way from their website, which is also part of their marketing platforms through their social media. In the past, I've taken people off platforms because they're actually spending so much time in the virtual space, they're barely speaking to real people anymore. 
Yeah, so you're very much reminding them that it's not about having a lot of likes on Facebook or a lot of retweets. It has to take them to an actual action. Yeah, it's you haven't to vanity metrics. Yeah, no, get them off the old vanity metrics and get them on something that actually works. So, 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 if twenty twenty has been a nudge to, to being more engaged in the digital context, how much of this do you think will remain, continue, or increase in twenty twenty one and going forwards? I definitely think it's it was always going to go on, you know, on an uptick. It was go, always going to increase. Um, but I think this has just pushed the button a little bit faster. You know, we, we've, I think people are so busy Googling and searching for things. Uh, we've got such a short attention span and we have this huge dopamine kick that we always want to get a hit on. And now we can, because everything's online. Um, the world has just got so much smaller and certainly in the last six months, um, so I, I just think this is just the way it's going to be from now on. I think the next six to 12 months, uh, pretty much every Irish business of any size will be online. And if they're not, they're not going to be around 12 months from now. So, so would that, that mean then that you're generally getting people coming to you who get it and, and you're not really getting pushback because the people who are pushing back are almost the ones that are in that last category you described? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, you know, even if you don't have products to sell and you're just a service, um, you still need to be online to be to compete with the other, you know, the other people out there. Because if you're not found, you're not going to be used. So, yeah, I think that's just just the way it is from now on. Uh huh. So, um, and so we were chatting that I mean, one, you're doing podcasts for us, and you're also doing podcasts as part of your own stuff. So, <laughs> in some ways. Uh, a podcast by its very nature, 10, 15, 25, even 40 minutes is is the opposite to those um, quick dopamine hits that you mentioned. So how like I mean, and, and the stats are saying that podcast listening is going up greatly, you know, like it's risen massively um, in the US and beyond. And the US is a big consumer podcast. And you'd imagine there are similar trends here. So 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 why or how are people one hand you know having a short and short retention span and yet also engaging with podcasts what do you think the reasons for using listening engaging with podcasts are and what kind of value do people get out of them that's an easy answer um <laughs> it's it's the human level people are fed up of looking at logos and jingles and they much prefer to get to know the people behind it and you know there's still you know there's a slow but progressive uptick in people doing lives and pre-recorded videos, but there's even more people who are prepared to speak on podcasts. And I, I also think they tend to be more entertaining these days than educational. Okay. You know, the podcast I do um, with Esther, um, the Monday Morning Mon Marketing Podcast. You know, that's very very short, but the whole point of it is to entertain. You know, educate and entertain. Um. It's, it's just the authenticity you get to hear people how they behave how they respond to things you know it's, it's very off the cuff that's what I like about podcasting yeah look I think so and I mean people are telling us that they listen to them when they walk the dog when they go to the gym when they drive mm -hmm. so situations where maybe previously or initially you'd have a playlist but after a while uh, you don't always just want pumping tunes you mm -hmm. maybe like you say want a bit of edutainment i mean back in the day they said that people you could 
learn by listening to why you went to sleep. I don't know if that was true, but I imagine those other situations where your hands, you're driving or something, so you can't do other stuff, but you can listen would suggest why people are using them. Um, mm. So uh, we, <clears throat> we um, recently uh, did a piece with uh, Oshin Lani. Yes, the son of Donald Lunny. And he was talking about how uh, brands are realizing that podcasts are also a strategic part of their social media and their digital marketing. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on that? And what kind of in comments would you say about that? I've always advocated for cluster marketing, which is what Oshin is saying. So it's basically where you're reaching out on people to people with the same message on lots of different platforms. And people think, geez, I'm hearing about this everywhere. I'm seeing this everywhere. I'm, you know, it's becoming ever present in my everyday life. And yes, podcasting would definitely be amongst what I would call cluster marketing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, you're 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 drinking from the same fountain then. Yeah. Um so where do you get your sources of information and inspiration from um, to, to kind of keep your thinking uh, relevant and up to date? Well, the very nature of what I do is constantly updating, you know, social media. And I haven't niched particularly, other than the fact I train people in social media platforms. So I, I have to have a, a good understanding and a current understanding of lots of different platforms. And mm -hmm. the best place to do that is to get it from influencers or from the direct platforms themselves. I mean, Facebook is obviously the best place to learn Facebook. Um, so, or Mari Smith, the, the queen of Facebook herself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just having good relationships, um, emails, being present at webinars, making sure you're open to updates. Um and then just being open to it. And I also learned from my clients as well. You know, I had this really strong push against doing boosting posts. And, you know, as a marketer, lots of people, marketers like myself would say, oh, it's, it's horrible doing boosting posts. And then early on this year, one of my clients said to me, you know, I've just noticed there's been a massive change in how I boost posts and how effective it's become. It's it slipped back to where it was before now. But I'm fairly certain that Facebook made it easier for businesses to boost posts, reach a wider audience for a cheaper price in order to keep people mm. using ads during the lockdown. But, you know, had she not told me that, I probably wouldn't have tried it myself and seen how, how good it was. Um, so sometimes you, you have to be open to everybody to to learn. And just because they're influencers or or the brand themselves, it doesn't mean they, they tell you everything. Sometimes you have to listen to other people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, and I think with Facebook, I think, I think you know, generally the feeling began to be that they were throttling your reach and that it was, uh, you know, pay, pay another dollar in kind of thing. And, and therefore, I think people started to look at, well, what other ways can I reach people? Because, you know, anytime Facebook thinks that you're getting any traction, they immediately restrict the people it's reaching unless you pay. So uh, I, I think they, I mean, God, I mean, in terms of what they've done with Cambridge Analytica, they're pretty toxic anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think even the way they were dealing with their paying advertisers uh, was, you know, um, very controlled and limiting in terms of reach. So I, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Um, you, you you have several virtual events next week and I guess one of my observations and feelings over the last six to eight months is while physical events had to stop and while therefore event organizers wanted to do digital events I'm not 
haven't always been convinced that digital events necessarily offer value. So, so tell me if I'm wrong, or tell tell me what you think about where there is value in digital events. Yeah, I I feel the same way to a certain extent, Simon. I don't enjoy virtual events as much as I would the real thing. Okay, but you know. You've always got to try and think. Well, what does it have to offer me? It's all that's mm -hmm. what every event, every everything you try to sell is. The audience is thinking, "What's in it for me?" And what makes these slightly different, in my opinion, is that they've they have niched. And instead of you being throttled by millions of speakers um, and you know ten fifteen minute chats, you're, you're actually getting the opportunity to delve deep into the topics. Um, and, and the other important thing that they both offer the ones that I'm being a, I'm a moderator on mm -hmm. the next week is excellent opportunity to network um so the, a lot of virtual events I've been able to attend over the last 6 months have been excellent topics but I, you know it's just been one one on one you know me looking at the speaker and no chance to actually connect with other people who have similar interests uh-huh so what struck me as these two particular events being useful was they're actually offering you opportunities to properly network and actually move around tables they're using platforms like hopin um for instance in fact they both are using platforms like hopin to do that um so and but there's others there's remo and, and others like it that i've used over the last few months mm -hmm. um so i think that's what's made these two particularly different um in my opinion Okay, so 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 you're there. What what tips would you give to the companies you advise in order to get to do effective networking and to get value? Well, obviously they've got some really good speakers in the first place. Yeah, of <laughs> so course. To, yeah. To draw you there, there is another one called Data Natives, which is massive, massive event. It's over three days, and I'm moderating on Thursday. Um, doing uh -huh. a fireside chat with um, Roxana Nassoy. Okay, so so Melanie, you're you're very active in the event space, and you've been doing a lot online because that's the way things are more so at the moment. So so, what are your thoughts on what makes for a good event, and how 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 would you see events being done well in the future? Well, as you say, um, the best way to network and understand what's going on out there, and, and build a an understanding of the heartbeat of um, what's out there is to attend events, meet people, learn about new businesses, understand their brands. And for me, I've managed to do that through attending lots of online events um, over the last, I'd say, four to six months. Um, but I've noticed there's been a shift from, instead of just sitting there staring at a screen and uh, understanding a topic or you know, being sold something, let's say, then now there's a pointed shift to networking and really building a better understanding of how people can virtually sit next to one another and understand one another. So, yeah, mm -hmm. if you could, if you, um, I mean, there's several platforms that people could use. Um, I've come across Hopin, um, Remo, um, oh, there's, there's several, they've all escaped me at the moment. But, you know, they. I like the way that they virtually make you sit next to one another and you can actually can have more than two people or four people in the screen in front of you. In fact, you can have up to nine in some platforms. Um, and I think that's going to be the way forward, certainly for the short term. Um, I know some people have said, oh, things are changed forever. The things are never going to be the same again. Um, 
I do think things have changed, but I don't think this is it forever. I think there's still more changes that that will need to be embraced in the future. But for the short term, I think this is probably it. <laughs> uh -huh. And if you had a, a magic wand or, or when you do things and you go, oh, I wish that it could be better or, or what, I guess, what things have you seen that, that are good and you think work well and, and going forwards, what would you like if you, if you had a magic wand to make, to make events better? Uh, well, if I had a magic wand, I'd go back to seeing people face to face again. But um, that's not a you know a reality at the moment. Um, the one thing I don't like about a lot of events that I've attended is that they're trying to squeeze too many people into days. Uh -huh. And worse still, they've got several tracks, and then you yeah. get this ongoing. This this uh, you know talk is about to start now, and you get hundreds and hundreds of emails, which is it's great, it's relevant, but you know nine times out of ten it's during the day when you're working anyway, and I'm littered with hundreds of emails. Um, I think I'd much rather pick the ones I want to attend and then know that there's a, a replay. Now I know they limit replays to sometimes a couple of days, which is quite tough, especially if you've got lots of events to attend. Um, but yeah, I think it's just that the constant emails is the only thing I'd change at the moment. But how else are you going to let people know the event started and finished, I suppose? Yeah, I guess it's the tricky one. And I, I imagine that's why Slack and other things came along, because things did get buried in email and it was hard to keep track of things in threads. And, and, and it, it does become too much coming in. So you're right. It can definitely be done better. Um, so. How do you get your information and your inspiration? What what ways do you stay in up to date and in touch with things? Good question, actually. Um, I think probably the best way for me to get these updates is to either get them directly from the social media platforms or from brand influencers like Mari Smith, who is also known as the Facebook Queen. Um, you know, I've been a member of you know Mari Smith's group I've been a member of Kim Gast's group who's also um, you know another brand ambassador uh -huh. um, in social media um, but just being open to the updates uh, they're always there um, and it's not just getting them from you know the local press and news it's actually being in touch directly with each brand Facebook Instagram you know Google my business they, they do give you emails that they can send out to you directly um, it's just you know, because of what I do, I tend to sign up to these first <laughs> and mm -hmm. hear about it first. The other thing to do is, you know, check your apps on your phone. You'd be amazed how much you're actually missing because you're not updating your app apps regularly on your phone. So, you know, I would recommend everybody to update their apps as, as often as possible daily, if, if not that weekly. And what what kind of new things uh, what, what are you seeing from that? Like, so so by updating the apps, what kind of benefits might people see? Well, it took a while for some people to see new Facebook Five. Um, now I know it was rolling out slowly, but if you update your apps, you'll actually get all the interfaces and the updates much faster. It's just people don't think to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if. You know, if you make an effort to actually see these um, updates as they're coming out, you're going to get the chance to try them out. You're going to get more used to them quicker. I mean, I hated the new Facebook Five. I really hated it. Um, but 
it after I'd say maybe two three weeks of really pushing myself through it um, I got over it <laughs> yeah and I guess it's that getting used to to new things and I mean because like Google have slightly the Gmail has shifted its its icon at the top and it looks a bit different so uh, they are constantly updating the, everything really aren't they yeah um, okay, cool. So how would people find out more about what you do and get in touch with you to see more about um, the insights and advice that you give? Well, the first place to check is my website, which is stomp.ie, S-T-O-M-P.ie. Um, and then I'm on lots of different social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Google My Business, LinkedIn, Instagram. So you can follow me there for any updates as well. Awesome. So uh, thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. And I also look forward to hearing more of your interviews uh, because it's it's great to hear um, you, like when you're talking with the airplane guys and stuff, because you, you have a very good way of uh, getting information out of people. <laughs> yeah, well, it's in, it was a really topical um, area for me as well. It's an area I have a great deal of passion in. So it's quite easy to you know, pull that information out when you've actually got the knowledge base there. Awesome. So we'll be hearing from you soon. Okay. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.